Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Welcome to the podcast, episode 47. Excited. Okay. I want to talk about a concept that kind of blew my mind. Like when I learned this from my mentor, there was one sentence, and I'll tell you one thought that she gave me. I'll tell you what it is later in the podcast because I want to build up to it, right? But like, I literally had to listen to it every day for about a couple of months. Like I recorded some thoughts that I wanted to really start digesting and accepting. And so I recorded them on a voice meme on my iPhone. And so every morning on my way to work, I would listen to these thoughts of me saying these thoughts. And every time I got to that thought, this one thought, I would always ponder it. And I would always like really think about it. Like, how is this true? Right. So I'm going to give you what that thought is later on, but I want to explain why we're here and what we're going to talk about. Okay. So let's get started. We've been talking about desire. I keep talking about desire because of this. Look, we're high achieving women. We want to get shit done. And if you're listening to this podcast, there's a reason why. And if you're like me, one of the reasons why may be because like we haven't allowed ourselves to really create the desire of the thing that we want. Like we're holding something back a little bit. And I've kind of talked about some of the reasons why our motivation or our desire is equal to our why, which is usually not a problem. Like we understand our why and we can be really motivated and hungry for the why. But the other thing, our motivation is equal to our why and we can have that very clear, but it is also times our success expectancy. So I've been talking about the last couple of podcasts, the reasons why our success expectancy is low, the reason why we dampen our desire. I've talked about it being a safety issue. I've talked about how there have been repercussions because of our success. I've talked about it being a moral issue because it was a safety issue. I talked about our unwillingness to feel disappointment, and I've actually showed you how to do that, right? So today I want to talk about another reason why we dampen our success expectancy, why that number in that equation is not very high. Okay, so remember the formula is motivation, right? Our motivation for a thing, which creates our desire, right? Equals our why, which we know why we can feel it in our bones, our why, 
times our success expectancy. And I've been working on that part of the equation because I think it's that part. And we beat ourselves up thinking, well, I must not really want it. No, it's because we haven't worked on the things that are stopping our success expectancy. I want us to get to a point that we just fucking believe that if I do the work, it's coming. That's a done deal. And I want us to be able to recognize any reason why we can't. I've given some historical reasons why I wanted to normalize our thinking like we can't do that and not agree with it, but normalize like, oh, this is the reasons why I don't agree with it. I think I'm being greedy. I think it's a safety issue. I won't belong. I don't want to feel disappointed. All of those reasons are normal. Welcome to the fold. (laughs) You are normal. And we get to change and meet ourselves there. And I've given you ways to normalize this and to work through that. That's one of the things I do with my clients. Another reason why is because we've been taught that our ability or our success quotient is based on how successful we were in the past. Well, listen, if we all have to go to our past in order to create our future, we are all mostly fucked. I'm just saying. Like if I had to continue to go to my past to decide whether or not I can do something in the future, I would have never created anything. Think about that. Like for a lot of us, our past, let's just talk about our history, our past. If that was true, we wouldn't create anything. And I know, I know your brain is like, but my past, like I failed. Like, I don't show up for myself. Like, I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it. Like, every time I try something, I stop. I know how our brains work. I know how your brain, just like my brain, is going to tell you every little detail about your failures and tell you that who the fuck are you to think that you can do whatever it is that you have on your desire to do. That success expectancy because your past is not supporting that. Like you haven't showed up for yourself to this point. So how dare you even have this goal? Like you have no right even thinking this, much less attempting it. And if you're like me, you got a lot of people around you that can support that with their little digs and their little comments reminding you of your past. Can I tell you something? Your past has absolutely nothing to do with your ability to create in the future. Now, Brig, that was a lot. I know it was. And I said it very passionately too, because I truly believe this. We are taught to depend on what we've done on the future and build on it. And sometimes that works, especially if our future is looking good, like, oh, I've done this, I've done that. But it's not the 
thing that we did, whether or not we've created results in the past or not, isn't the thing. We think it is, but it's not. It's the thoughts that we have because we've done or haven't done the thing that's creating our ability to create now. Okay, that was a mouthful. I know it was. Let's unpack this. Let me start by telling you a story. Okay, some of you may know, some of you may be very new. I'm Brig, by the way. Hello, welcome to my podcast. (laughs) I'm a life coach, but I am also a former anesthesia provider, a CRNA to be exact, a profession which to this day, I absolutely love, even though I don't do it anymore. I've been doing nursing for 40 years. And I did a career change at 56. No problem. I wanted to retire at 55. It was 56. Who knew? (laughs) But I remember when I was applying to CRNA school, all of you guys who are CRNAs or who are nurses who listen to this understand I was applying to CRNA school with about seven or eight Fs on my transcript. Yes, I actually had the nerve to apply to anesthesia school with seven or eight Fs on my transcript. Now, they were earlier in my years, but still they were there. And of course, during my interview, they brought them up. Now, when I was telling people my story about I want to go to anesthesia school, I had so many people saying, A, you're not organized as a nurse, like ICU working, like I wasn't the one who labeled every two perfectly and labeled everything and had the most organized like thing. Like I wasn't that nurse, right? I wasn't very meticulous. Now, don't get it wrong. I was very meticulous about my care. I'm just saying like I wasn't OCD like some of the ICU nurses are. You guys who are nurses know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so like everything didn't hang at one spot and like very neatly organized and everything. That wasn't me. So I had people say, oh, but you're not organized enough. I had people say, wait a minute, you have seven Fs on your transcript. There's no way they're going to accept you, right? My past, who I was, how I identified myself could have interrupted my decision to apply to anesthesia school. I had someone tell me, oh no, you'll never get in. I had one F and they didn't even accept me. Here I was having seven, right? He had one and they didn't accept him. Here I was having seven and I still chose to believe, oh no, they're going to accept me. It was my thought like, no, that was in the past. I'm a different person now. I can convince them. I just need to get the interview. That was literally my thought. I just need to get the interview. I just need to be good enough to get the interview because once I get the interview, it's a done deal. I know I can sell myself. Well, guess what? I got the interview and guess what? I had to sell myself and guess what? I got the very last slot. Like when I left my interview, I heard them arguing over me. I knew I had disrupted some thoughts And some were still like, but look at her past. But I knew I sold some of them. I got the last spot. So what am I saying? 
Some people believe that their past determines their future. I didn't have thought work then. I don't know why I chose to believe that thought that no, they're going to choose me. I can do this. I just decided that my past wasn't going to hemlock me for the rest of my life. Yes, I made some bad decisions, some decisions that didn't serve me, but that didn't mean that I couldn't progress. Like, I just didn't believe that. Okay, let's fast forward to now. I have another thought about me. I have another thing that I do, which is I kind of think I'm not organized. I used to identify as that, like I'm not organized. That's not me. I'm not that person, right? And so I identified as that person all the way up till one day I got coached and the person looked at me in disdain. Like she was totally confused. Like, wait a minute, you're doing this, 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 this. You're working three jobs doing this. How can you say you are not organized? You cannot be anything but organized. And my brain was blown because I was like, oh, you're right. But because I identified as a person who wasn't organized, I never challenged and never looked at the other side of like, wait a minute, how is it that I am organized? I never even challenged like, wait a minute, I do this, 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 this. Only an organized person can do this. Like I was turning in my assignments on time. I was like showing up for my clients' calls on time. I was working on time. Like I was showing up to do my epidurals and everything. I had to be organized. So actually that thought wasn't true, but I never created the version of me, the up-level version of me because of that thought. Why am I saying all this? Why am I telling you my life history on some thoughts? Because I want you to understand when you go to your past to prove what you can do in the future, the only thing you're doing is using the same thought process. Those thoughts that created the past, unless you have corrected them and challenged them, only thing they're going to do is keep recreating the past. Not because that's who you are, but because That's the thinking that you've been given. Let me explain. Our brain is not us. Our brain is an organ. Our mind is an organ. The only thing it does is stores information that we give it. In the episode three, if you listen to that and I say play and fetch, we tell our brain what to give us and then it goes out and plays fetch. And it gives us what we threw out. It just gives us back what is in it. Remember, our brain is an organ. It is just storing information. It's not a creator of information. That's our job. It's storing information. It's storing memories. Sometimes it stores them in a way that makes us panic, but it still stores information. So when we ask it for something, it's only going to give us what we ask it for. Now, if you ask it to create, it will create, but you have to intentionally ask it that. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because when you're creating desire and it's this big thing, it will be totally normal for your brain to go, but look at this and look at this and look at this. 
because the only thing it can give you is your probability. The reason why it's giving you your probability because its number one desire is to keep you safe. Survival, eat, sleep, and procreate. That's all our brain is designed to give us. It doesn't care about our higher self. It doesn't care about us reaching our potential. It doesn't care about our, but our goals on money or relationships or being this other version of ourself. Our brain only cares about one thing, being efficient, staying the same, eat, sleep, and living long enough to procreate. That's it. So when you say, I want to do this thing, and you're listening to your brain, your brain is going to give you, but, 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 and pull up all of your buts and all of the information because it is calculating based on probability. And probability is based on evidence from the past. Look at the past. What's the probability of it happening? That's what it's going to give you. That's the only thing it can give you because you haven't created it yet. Once you create something, then it can pull from that. Now it's in that it's stored. So it's not going to think of your possibility. It's not going to give you like, oh, that's possible. It's not going to give you that unless you ask it. Remember, you got to play fetch with your brain. But the way we play fetch with our brain is we have to understand it. It's only going to give us what we ask for. So once it starts saying no, 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 you got to start saying, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, why am I singing on all my podcasts lately? I haven't the slightest idea. But anyway, you get my point. You have to challenge your brain. You are not your brain. There is you and then there's your thoughts. Our thoughts are involuntary things that our brain just packages up and offers and they just come. We don't have to accept every last one of them. We have to understand why it's giving you the probability. It wants to keep you safe. You can totally say, oh, thank you. You're looking at my past. Thank you. Of course you think I can't do this. But can I introduce you to the new version of me? I know you haven't met Brig Johnson, the anesthesia person. I know, I know, I know. But I have a vision and a possibility. I want to introduce you to her. So I'm going to take your advice. Thank you. But we're going to go create this anyway. Like literally. Now. I said that so effortlessly and easily, right? But that's not actually how it works. It's a process. And it's a process that takes time. It is literally managing your mind. So when we talk about thought work and mind management, this is what we're saying. When those thoughts come in, you have an answer. Oh, I know. Thank you. Yes, I know. I fucked up that thing long ago. Yes. That still doesn't determine whether or not I can do this thing here. Because, okay, drum roll, this is the sentence that I literally listen to every day from my mentor, Brooke Castile, at the Life Coach School. When I heard this sentence, I was like, what? Like, it broke my brain. I literally, when things 
break my brain, I work to believe it. I don't just go, oh, I don't agree with that. That's not true. Like I literally do the work to believe it. So I may meditate on it, concentrate on it, like think about it for months. That's the word. Like, it's not, oh, I don't believe that. That's not true. Forget it. Like, she crazy. That's not the work. The work is, what? How is that true? Like, really? Uh-uh. You crazy. Like, it's that wrestling with the thought. Remember that episode? It's that. Are you willing to wrestle with your thoughts about your possibility? And stop just going back to your past and asking your past for permission. Your past will never give you permission to do big things. It just won't. It's not designed that way. It wants to keep you in the cave, by the fire, with a rock as your pillow. Your past, never will it give you permission to think big things, to go for big things. Stop expecting it to. It's not its job. Here's the sentence. (laughs) Finally, right? My current circumstances are evidence of my past thinking. They are not evidence of my future because evidence of my future is based on my current thinking. My mind has to be ahead of my current circumstances. Can I say that again? My mind has to be ahead of my current circumstances. So listen, the reason why you are where you are right now is because of your past thinking. That's it. What you will create in the future will be because of what you intentionally think right now. But if you keep borrowing those thoughts from the past, What you will create in the future are the thoughts that are created by those thoughts in the past. You want to know what those thoughts create? Look at your life right now. Whatever thoughts you've been thinking in the past, you want to know how you know what you've been thinking? Where are you right now? Now, that is not to say I'm not victim blaming and I'm not like, There are exceptions to everything. But what I am saying is when we use our past against us, when we say I can't because I've never been able to, I hear that a lot in my coaching. Well, this is just how I am. I've always been this way. You just don't understand. I've tried. I can't. This won't work. I can't tell you how many clients come to me on the console and tell me this shit won't work. I expect it. I don't think of anything wrong with it. I'm like, of course their brain is giving them that because it only has the thoughts that they're thinking now. My job is to help them understand why they're thinking those thoughts, unpack those thoughts, and then help them figure out what thoughts they really want to intentionally think from possibility. Because listen, as long as Black folks keep thinking like we think now, then we keep recreating what the experiences of what we're having right now. That's why I am like literally want to create a revolution in the way we think, because the way we think, the expansiveness of what we think will determine what our future looks like. So I'm down for like, I love that our ancestors have paved the way. 
I also know that those thoughts served us. I also know that there are other thoughts available to us because of our ancestors. I want us to start unearthing our possibility. I don't give a fuck what you've done in the past. It is the past. Queens, possibility. When your brain offers it to you, wrestle with that shit. Tell it no. But we're going to think differently because the only way I'm going to create different is to think different. And if I keep signing on and co-signing to what you're biologically organ automatically given me, I'm going to keep recreating this. And this is not what I want. Listen, I know this is can be very scary. It's like walking on a tightrope because I'm asking you to believe thoughts that you don't quite have any evidence to. Like I'm asking you to believe shit like I was in anesthesia school with other people telling you that is impossible and you deciding that you're going to believe it anyway. I'm asking you to be the emperor's new clothes, walking around butt-ass naked, (laughs) saying, look at my clothes. I know what I'm asking, but try it experiment with it. Like literally understand that where you are is because of your past thinking. Prove that to yourself. Do the work. I challenge you to like, how is it that I created where I am right now? Challenge yourself that your thoughts have really created it. How have you shown up when you really believe that the job doesn't appreciate you? How have you showed up when you really believe it doesn't matter? I'm not going to get the promotion anyway. How has it have you showed up when you believe I just can't never get to work on time? I can't get nowhere on time. How have you showed up when you believe I've tried every weight loss thing and I can never lose weight? How have you showed up? I tell you, this is what I know, because when you believe those thoughts, it produces a feeling inadequacy, discouraged, doubtful, uncertain. And when those feelings are driving your action, obstacles are normal. Soon as you hit an obstacle, what happens? Soon as somebody at your job say, you applying for that? Didn't they tell you no last time? Girl, I wouldn't. mm -mm." As soon as you hit an obstacle, your brain starts going, see, I told you. Based on the probability, we ain't going to be doing this. At that point, I want you to notice you're creating the past again. Because at that point, that's the intersection. Am I going to feed possibility, thoughts of possibility, shit that I have no business thinking I can believe about myself and do it anyway and have my own back on it? Or am I going to go back to the cave by the fire with the rock as my pillow and feel very comfy? This is why we don't create desire, because we think our past has something to do with it. It doesn't. You can create from nothing. Am I saying it's going to be easy? No. Am I saying that you're not going to get obstacles and people that shut the door and don't believe in you? No, that is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is when you 
believe in your possibility, when those obstacles come, you use your brain to figure it out as opposed to listen to your brain saying, see, I told you we can't. That's what I'm talking about. That's the thing that gets us to the next level. But you have to understand and unpack this shit. All right, guys. Rant over. Create desire. Whatever it is you want, lean in to it. It's possible. Don't allow your brain to give you probability thoughts. And if it does, no problem. You just intentionally create possibility thoughts. Bye, guys. See you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide, opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to BrickJohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. In 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. BrickJohnson.com, B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.